0: Welcome to Film Fight Club. You're here with Chris Evans and Virat Nehru. Glenn Falkenstein is taking a holiday in Melbourne right now. But we're keeping the train rolling.
1: Yeah, we're keeping the train, bus, ambulances, everything rolling. Everything's
0: in fast motion and possibly on fire.
1: Yes. It's that it's been that kind of a month actually. I feel like even though we're close to Easter break and everyone's going to get a reprieve soon,
0: but will really? they? The chaos is still right
1: Yeah, the movies right now seem to actually mimic the chaos in the real world.
0: Yeah, the, the the films we're going to talk about today as well as one that's opening this week and we might be reviewing next week called Everything Everywhere All at Once all seem to be existing in this hyper-manic kind of uh, space that I think makes sense as a response to uh, two years of work from home and lockdowns.
1: Also, I think like just where things are at, it seems to be that uh, uh, this notion of going back to the new normal or whatever the new normal was supposed to be, it doesn't exist anymore. People have realised that there is no such thing as going back to the new normal, or there was never something as normal anyway. So I think everyone's in flux trying to figure out what their life is looking like. And I think uh, I look back to Bad Luck Banging as a good example of that, where I think everyone's slightly on edge. And the movies are reflective of that, where maximalism is now back in vogue. And actually, I kind of really enjoyed it, to be honest. I
0: missed it. So, to explain the films we're talking about today, will be RRR, which is a new Telugu film. It's not so new, but it's been playing a few weeks. Yeah, it's um, it's played
1: more than a week in Aussie cinemas, which is, you know, unheard of. It means it's a hit,
0: (laughs) as far as Indian cinema goes.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And it's uh, now in number two in the Aussie box office, just behind The Batman. So, yeah, it's
0: actually had
1: a lot of crossover appeal, which I was surprised by it, because usually whenever it comes to Indian films, I'm never quite sure which ones I should recommend to other people and which ones I shouldn't. So I'm really happy that this one actually crossed through. And I had other, you know, not just uh, Chris and myself, but other critics that I have never heard talk about Indian cinema suddenly be like, have you seen RRR? And I'm just like, yeah, of course, I've seen every Indian film. What are you talking about? <laughs> That's what I do. But yeah, it was it was just fun to see that this has such a crossover potential
0: We'll discuss uh, and, why. Uh, the other movie we're going to talk about is Ambulance, which is the new one from Michael Bay. It's a bit of a throwback to his earlier works, some Bad Boys vibe. Very uh, 90s road-based action thriller vibe. I'm thinking Speed, again. The movie was, Boys.
1: I think I think everyone in that movie was actually on Speed as well. Well. So don't quote me on that. Especially Jake we
0: Gyllenhaal. But can uh, <laughs> we yeah. lead with uh, Arara?
1: Yes. Uh, but I think I think just to set the scene, I think what is interesting as a comparative for both films is that uh, there was a time recently where we used to feel that directors who were going for broke or were going for scale and maximalism wasn't cool anymore. You know, there was a time where, especially as film critics, we fell See, into the trap of uh, I... actually bashing directors mm-hmm. who... Uh, or maybe this was just film Twitter in general. And, oh, and I knew I was in part of those circles and discussions. But directly, we were adopting that strategy. We're getting a bash for doing that.
0: I don't know that we're out of that period. Okay. In art cinema, when was the last really maximalist film outside of mainstream? Like, we're reviewing two mainstream films today. When was the last film that was experimenting with new ways to be extremely fast? Yes. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Uh, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, which is a... Indie movie that's aiming big is extremely fast, but that movie seems designed for crossover appeal and it's extremely mainstream in some ways, while also being in its own way unusual. We'll talk about that in the yeah. next Film Fight Club. Yeah. Until then, uh, the maximalism, cocaine, energy movies, not in vogue in art cinema circles maybe, but in vogue in Film Fight Club.
1: Definitely. And uh, look, let's begin with RRR. I mean, what a film... Firstly, I think I was hesitant because this film is definitely three hours long or more than three hours long. It's 187 minutes. And I'm always hesitant to recommend a movie which is packing so much. And it's Everyone in the world hours. went
0: to see Avengers Endgame.
1: That is true. But I think uh, Marvel had set the template by that point where they were conditioning you with every movie being slightly longer than the last one. And then you could see all these hot takes on Twitter that, oh my God, the runtime of X movie is this long and this long and whatever. Any which way. This is 187 minutes. I didn't feel the runtime. I thought for that kind of filmmaking, this is a movie which has eight to 10 massive set pieces and the screenplay is so tight in terms of how it moves from one set piece to the next, where it really knows this is the assignment and everyone's on board to making sure those set pieces seem as grand as
0: possible. Okay, but what is it? Give us give us some context here. Who Who made it? What's it about?
1: Yes. So, RRR uh, is a film by SS Rajamouli, who directed Bahubali Part One and Two. If you have known uh, those series, they're on Netflix right now. But he's known for making and directing big epics. And now, uh, this was also, this surpassed Bahubali as probably the most expensive film in Indian cinema to date. And, and it's probably going to be one of the highest-rusting films as well of all time. It's basically, very simply, a kind of Greek uh, tragedy element story set in colonial India. Of two uh, opposing superhero type characters. I
0: mean, okay. Yeah, we need to explain how this world works. Yes. This is, it's historically grounded, but when, when we say superhero, it's more like they're the fighters in a wuxia film. Like they have powers beyond everybody else, but they're not like, I'm a superhero. They're, one of them is a policeman and one is a tribal villager. I they're both really, really strong much stronger than anyone else. Epic Titan Heroes.
1: So, so what, what Rajamuli has done cleverly in this film is that he's taken real-life uh, freedom fighters, Kumaram Bean, who was a tribal in this film, and uh, Rajaramu, the character that uh, Ram Charan plays, were actual real-life freedom fighters who never actually crossed paths in real life. And he's made this fictional story that what if these two characters from very opposing uh, realms of nature and also practically representing elements of the earth, one fire and the other water, were to cross paths and were to fight against colonialism in the British Empire. It is a cracking premise. The one-liner is so easy to sell, but the fact that he actually keeps up the tempo and actually delivers, and there is no cop-out on that big and grand promise of uh, literally these two elements coming to life. And the yeah. imagery of fire versus water is so strong throughout the film. It is, yeah. You kind of really do feel like you're watching a Greek myth unfold.
0: Yeah, I mean, Greek myth is the the archetype that I went to, but it could be, and it almost certainly is, that there's more direct analogies in, in Indian cultural history that I'm not aware of. But the idea of just watching all these people fight, but there's these untouchable Titans who, you know, uh, fate brings them together. Yeah, it, it it appeals to that kind of primal Iliad kind of um, storytelling hunger, I guess. But yeah, this film is ridiculous, right? It's a yeah. fusion of elements. I called it as we were watching it a martial arts film. It's um, a mostly hand to hand combat scenes when it comes to the action, yeah, which are incredibly well choreographed, and and this goes for everything throughout the film, beautifully staged. Yeah right? Um, The action throughout is consistently clear and fluid. Um, But it's also a musical, not so much in terms of the characters singing for the most part, but in terms of these battle themes that are synced up with the action, which work extremely well with lyrics sometimes um, hyping up the heroes or describing what's happening on screen. The music's excellent. You Fall, sink into the vibe very easily. I was kind of expecting this is going to be a little bit kitsch, but that, but I like it going in, yeah. which honestly, Ambulance was more along those lines. Something about the um, confidence of the tone in this meant that I, I just went right in. I had no issues with it. I was constantly blown away by the inventiveness of the action scenes.
1: Yes. I mean, there are two things to it, which is like one thing which is very different to mainstream Hollywood blockbuster action movies is that, this film has a very clear emotional core at the center. You really know what the motivation of each character is, and exactly why they're doing something. And the payoff of that is carried through throughout the film. So, uh, which is something which I really feel is a miss in the big Hollywood action blockbusters, where you can stage a maximalist, you know, amazing action sequence, but you don't really know why the people are fighting and what they're fighting for.
0: On that note, the action in this, despite featuring superhero type characters, one is much better executed in terms of how it's actually choreographed and conveyed to you than in any Western action film since Fury Road. Yes. Um, On top of that, there's the sense that these characters, despite their superhero antics, actually could get hurt and die. Maybe it's the focus on bleeding and suffering that keeps coming out through this movie that try- keeps them seeming human, even as they do the impossible.
1: Yeah, but... it, it, it's a real, really interesting mix of uh, characters that seem immortal versus actual gore. Because mm. you do see a lot of blood. And it, it is a traumatic film. In, in you know They don't shy away from some incredibly traumatic scenes. Things that you probably wouldn't even see in a Western uh, Hollywood kind of mainstream film, Uh, the uh, the kind of you know treatment meted out to women and children is probably a bit uh, uh, too real in your face. But it sets up uh, the good versus evil narrative very clearly. The narrative Mm -hmm. is very simple. You kind of know exactly where things stand, which also allows you to kind of see that these people are ideals for what they stand for. They they become more about you know these kind of stand-ins for their belief systems to kind of inspire a whole generation of people, uh, which is exactly what the film is. The RR is Rise, Revolt, and uh, basically Revolution. Yeah. So it, it, is, it, is, it is basically a revolutionary film, a pre-independence film, which is interesting in that sense as well. It is relying on hyper-nationalism without falling into the tropes that a lot of nationalist films do fall into. Well, it's
0: not a... um it's not kind of nationalistic yeah it's not i think an ugly nationalism in this film it's more about pride in our institutions and our culture in the face of people who are trashing them consistently and uh enslaving us it's hard to take issue with using nationalism as a uh response to that. But in any case, this isn't a Modiite film.
1: No, not at all. If anything else, the, the subtle messaging in this film is quite clever in how it's kind of combating against the pre- prevalent ideologies of the time today, because you, A, you have a tribal uh, protagonist and an upper-caste protagonist and a police officer coming together. That's mm-hmm. something which we haven't seen uh, in the mainstream film for a long time, uh, let alone tribal uh, characters being represented, uh, you know, let alone them being a protagonist. So that itself was interesting to see that. And secondly, mm-hmm. you have uh, a lot of the elements and uh, minorities uh, which are being focused on in this film to show that they're actually contributing to the freedom struggle. So to show that this is a homogenous society where different people are coming together, not just for an idea, uh, which is something you know, uh something Racial identity. Today, it is not about racial identity or, or ethnic identity. It's more about a common national identity where a mm-hmm. lot of people can fall under. It's a very pluralistic society that way.
0: Yeah. I'm trying to explain the full-on sensory blast of this film though, because what you're hearing now could make it sound like this is like a historical drama period piece. The whole tone, like we're saying there's some traumatic type scenes or whatever, but the tone of it never really clashes. And the the overall tone of this film remains really fun. The point of this movie is to offer you maximal entertainment. It's not a perfect film because there's not despite having, you know, simple and clear emotional trajectories, it's, it's not especially deep in terms of the, you know, the character relations. Um, people come and go from the narrative as they please. It's, it's more about, as Varad was saying earlier, an intricate design to tell a simple story and set up the next big show-stopping set piece. Um, and there's a great sense of the absurd in those set pieces and also in the action throughout. Um, the the uh, yeah everyone knows what film they were in, including to both of our surprise, the English speaking actors playing the colonial yes. English.
1: Yeah, Ray Ooh. Stevenson as, as the villain in this film. Yes, was so uh, perfectly uh, disgustingly you know, British. Yes, <laughs> think, Uh But that's the thing. Everyone understood the assignment, which is something which I think we'll hop on and we come back to when we discuss ambulance as it's well. It's important
0: to um, the success of these four fun, capital F fun action spectacles.
1: And, and that's the other thing. I mean, people often think an action movie is a dumb action movie and, you know, there's nothing to it. But there is something to direct and actually choreograph an action sequence where this is people, understand, people understand scale, people understand where they are in relation to each other. You understand at all times what is at stake? What needs to be achieved?
0: And there's also a really great sense of editing and rhythm and the mix of extreme close-ups and wide shots. Uh, this film knows how to draw you through an action scene. And these action scenes are involving people leaping huge distances. This is a very CGI-heavy uh, production with people fighting with animals, But as I said, people leaping huge distances. There's an amount of verticality and um, huge distances traversed in the action, but it manages to convey all of that clearly without you ever getting lost. I would be very surprised if this film was not storyboarded to within an inch of its life because the- It had to be. I mean, the very
1: first introduction scene of the first protagonist, which is an action sequence, that had to be storyboarded because there was no way- you could uh, scale that in terms That's, of going through a crowd and how the character has to navigate the massive amount of people to understand yeah. what he needs to achieve to, yeah. to get back to, you know, it, it was fantastic.
0: Mm. But, yeah, the, the um, all these action scenes, uh, the only person who could do um, has been, you know, consistently... It reminded me of Spielberg at times in the intricacy of all the moving parts and the clarity with which it's communicated. But his style is get, is starting to feel a little bit ossified and static almost. And this still, because it's from a younger director, I suppose, feels all alive. You know, it feels fresh.
1: It does. And I think a lot of that was also, uh, some of this reminded me of, the Gore style, the first trilogy of the Pirates film in terms of the setups and how each character has to navigate. You know, uh, I remember that scene in Dead Man's Chest where they're all uh, on, that, on that- Rolling pool. down the hill. Yeah, rolling down the hill and there's a sword fight sequence. There are a lot of very creative sequences like that, which you don't get to see and which actually bring out the fun, the capital F fun towards the magic of cinema, the classic which is lacking silver, right? in, in modern day
0: action blockbusters. Yeah. The classic Spielberg-type contraption action scene, you know, which goes back yeah. to, like, the classic Buster Keaton type. Like, there's a, this is a beautiful tradition, which is part of the tradition of physical comedy on screen, where action is an expression of that. And, yeah, it's been a while since we've seen any movie do it with nearly as much aplomb as Um uh, It's an explosion yeah, I mean, of colour and energy.
1: I haven't seen uh, a sequence where somebody piggybacking a ride
0: Oh, dude! So much the gunfight—the way that they found—but <laughs> the thing is, it's not just the ridiculous concept. No, like it's the concept and the execution. Yes, the the piggyback ride gunfight is so beautiful, three sixty degree in terms of the way the action is staged. Um, I, yeah, I had a grin on my face through large portions of this movie, and, and a it's... lot
1: of this is. I mean, we we keep talking about sincerity when we talk about. Other kinds of cinema. But it there's is even more important. To it. it's even more important in maximalist kind of films because you know there it is bordering on the absurd. You know it is slightly ridiculous. But if you're not committed to it, it can show on screen and you get caught out very quickly.
0: And I think there's a trust that I had here that I was in safe hands who understood the absurdity of what they were serving up to me and didn't want to do anything but give me a fun time. There's no pretension, there's no fooling going on here. Yes. I recommend our. Uh, Yes. So, Ambulance. (laughs) It's the new film from Michael Bay. It stars Yaya Abdul-Mateen, Jake Gyllenhaal, and Aza Gonzalez. Gonzalez is an EMT. Unfortunately for her, her ambulance is called to a bank heist, being pulled off by Yaya and Jake Gyllenhaal and their team of heat reject goobers. After the botched bank heist, when a police officer is shot, it turns out all three of them are going to have to ride together while evading the cops and trying to keep the cop in the back of the ambulance alive. This is a major throwback to 90s style, like I was saying earlier. Bay even uh, drops in some self-references to Bad Boys and The Rock. He's clearly trying to capture some of that energy from his earlier career. I think he succeeds. This is the most I've enjoyed a Michael Bay movie in a long time, but it's fatal flaw. And it's a flaw that was coming up as I was watching RRR, but that movie still had a better sense of pacing despite being, yeah. um, despite being 45 minutes too long, Yeah, which is just that there is a point where too much is too much. Ambulance is 136 minutes. I think it has enough fun moments as we'll get into in a moment that uh there's a great movie in here. I think there would have been an all-time classic B-movie, have some beers, Friday night film in this, if they could have shaved half an hour off it. I
1: mean, there was a whole stretch in that film where they go to that iconic yeah. L.A. kind of, you know...
0: Underpass movie, with the... Underpass. Yeah. yeah.
1: Which could have been cut out. And I, I really... I it really had nothing. They had to do that because they were in L.A. And they were like, yeah, they we were doing a
0: car out. movie, cars have to be going down there, like in Greece and in Drive and in Point Blank.
1: The so the best thing about this film is Jake Gyllenhaal. Absolutely. Mostly because I was just surprised by how he's channeling is in a Nicolas Cage in this yeah. film. This he's is Jake Gyllenhaal wild. playing Nicolas Cage. This is his Nicolas Cage audition. Nicolas I saw a,
0: a fantastic uh, quote related to that the other day when I was seeing him being interviewed and the interviewer said... Your character is very on edge in this film. And Jake Gyllenhaal said, hmm, I'm not sure that it's so much that he's on edge as much as he just likes yelling a lot. And I thought, yes, Nicolas Cage character, (laughs) Cage type energy. This movie is a constant car chase. Right. And it's shot in typical bass style with a lot of extreme close ups, a lot of dynamic low angle shots, sometimes with the camera moving, a lot of hyped up energy as the characters in the back of the ambulance yell. And Jake Gyllenhaal adds that deranged element where, you know, this is a dangerous man who knows where he's going to snap and what he's going to do to keep the drama going along. And he does so with tongue in cheek. He, as Virat said when we were watching it, he understood the assignment. Yeah. He knew what he was doing. It's an intense performance, but there's a level of insight behind it where he's saying, OK, I'm delivering an intense performance in a Michael Bay movie. I am here to deliver fun. I am here to deliver excitement. I've heard Hall say I was trying to match the explosions with my performance. Yes. Job well done, right?
1: Exactly. And I think and part of that is important to see because if you really look at the mechanical structure of this film, a lot of this film takes place inside an ambulance. Mm. and and that can get repetitive yeah. and that can actually because he has to play foil to Yaya Abdul-Mateen who's playing mm. a very composed character
0: yeah.
1: and the extremities of Jake Gyllenhaal Hall actually are the kind of the fire that lights up a, a very unpredictable situation yeah. which is already unpredictable you know it's like oh, you don't know what this guy is going to do next and mm. that's exactly how he plays it
0: you've seen this kind of film before with the contained environment and Um, twists pop up along the way, creating new dangers for our characters. And we get to watch the cops. We get to watch the criminals. Who knows what's going to happen next? What makes it work and what makes it fresh and different um, is the pure excess of Michael Bay's style. Unfortunately, as I said before, that's also the weakness of the film because there's a point where it's just too much because Bay never varies his style enough. Where He keeps to the same extreme... Uh, hyped up pace, sometimes too fast edits where you lose track of what's actually going on, extreme close ups. But there is a genuine skill to base technique. This is much yes. more visually interesting than the typical Hollywood blockbuster. It may not be on the level of I, mean, I really of like how the- RR, but it is exciting to watch. It I like fun. how the
1: looping kind of growth yeah. stuff we utilize. That the
0: Bay is uh, experimenting with drones in new ways in mainstream yes. cinema here. So there's these shots with the camera dive bombing down the side of buildings to sh- while the ambulance drives underneath below. It's an amazing shot, but it speaks to the issue with this movie. Anything good, you're going to see like three times too many. Seeing that shot twice would have been great. It's a great novelty, but it plays out about five times. There's also drones inside the ambulance, driving probably tiny cameras through it at some point. There's some incredible shots that just would not be possible otherwise. It's fully I, absurd, but aware of it. I would, do
1: it I would do a comparative it. here. The, the problem with this film is that even though it's a contained environment and you know you're inside an ambulance, hmm. there were moments in the film where I didn't know where each character was yeah. within such a small space. And that has, no, like, you have no excuse for that. Like, you literally have four people in the ambulance and you don't know in relation to each other where they're at. Mm. It, was, it was just kind of confusing because I thought for some periods a character went missing when they were actually there in the ambulance or they were supposed to be there in the ambulance.
0: Pretty typical of Michael Bay in some ways to create some <laughs> hyper action that it's a struggle to understand like that. It's hard to say too much about this movie beyond the fact that it kind of started to feel like it was four hours long yeah. by being 136 minutes. I None I, 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 movies I should be shot. This is a knowingly dumb movie designed for yeah. maximum thrills, right? Get in, get out, get to the point. That's what I think B-movies should be about. I don't think movies should be particularly long unless the scale of the spectacle justifies it, as it does in the case of RRR, yeah. or there is a deeper undercurrent that it will take time to be developed. And there really isn't in this film.
1: Although We, we, were, we were talking with a friend of ours about Ambulance, and he made Travis Johnson he yeah. made a very good point about how this film is probably Michael Bay's warmest film.
0: Yes, you care about, about the characters.
1: Yes, in terms of, in terms of the characters,
0: you do care but, about them, and you do uh, come to care about the relationship and the mini twists along the way. Like even though and, it's silly, and it, and it's a complaint it's still with evolving. Michael Bay quite a lot in
1: terms of how he just hates people. Or yeah. people in general. It's like well, his
0: movies usually drip a kind of misanthropy where there's so many gags which are undermining the value of human life, whether it's the bodies getting exploded as they fall out of the crematorium thing in in Bad Boys 2, or some of the, the like racist or sexist elements in like the, the Transformers movies. Yeah. There's just a general ugliness that comes through. Whereas in this movie, Faye cares about the characters in the back of the car. Well, still a point from Travis Johnson here, which yeah. is that. Bay cares for you based on how intensely devoted you are to your job. And these characters, are especially Aza Gonzalez as the EMT, are intensely dedicated to their job. Therefore, they get the full-on Michael Bay real American hero treatment. Yeah, I mean,
1: it's that, it's that analogy, right? That he cares about machines more than human beings. Right. the more you behave like a machine, the more you're towards your duty. And yeah. you give up emotions to do your job correctly, which is what Aza Gonzalez's character is basically exemplifying. Exactly. Essentially, so you, you get Jimmy first. You know, I you don't have to learn the lesson that uh, that's not always enough.
0: But you know, it's a novelty. I don't mind seeing the Michael Bay waving American flags, real heroes, low angle with the sun setting in the background, soldier shots being done around a, an EMT. Like hell yeah, yeah I, I'm down for that. This movie also was interesting to think about as a man stand. In how it seems to be Michael Mann riffing the most that Bay has riffed on Mann since Bad Boys Two. The I opening mean, is I mean,
1: that, that, that is also the the unexpected uh, commonality between RRR and Ambulance. These are two massively bromance movies with uh, a homoerotic tension or undercurrent. Very much obvious beneath the surface. Action
0: movies always have, well, it's a little bit different in um, Ambulance because they are not blood brothers. The relationship between Yaya and Jake Jolenhall is always defined as, no, you're my brother. I'm going to get you. We're family. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're going to get through this. But in RRR, man, the homoeroticism is full on. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Action movies have always delved into the homoerotic, right? It's this kind of masculine warrior archetype and extreme, intense relationships, but the level of like long gazes they do at each other in RRR as they do cute things together, hard not to read it in a certain way. Exactly,
1: it's like, that film didn't need a female protagonist, I was just like, <laughs> I know, this is a love story between two, these two guys. And when that the female-
0: makes sense. And they introduce one for the sake of uh, maybe just dodging those accusations, and then she just vanishes from the narrative, like- Yeah, and it it's fine. It we all fine. know that, that this isn't one about the girls yeah but um <laughs> yeah I look I, I quite enjoyed Ambulance I got involved in it if I hadn't seen RRR I would say it was the most silly fun I'd had with a movie in a, quite a long time towards the end like I'll, I'll speak in its defense this movie lost me along the way like halfway through because of how long and indulgent and more than to the length it's the monotony where it's constantly hyper What's going to happen next? How are we going to survive? Jake Jill I really and think Ellen. it
1: ran out of ideas, actually. Yeah.
0: Because so at one point, the
1: stakes couldn't be higher. They were just yes. already at an all-time high.
0: But then it managed to find some new ideas and get me back in again, which is rare for me when, when some movies lost me. There's a few yes. ridiculous traps and uh, twists in the final stretch of the film. So I think the classic B-movie that we're all hoping that Michael Bay might turn in one day is in this... He just needs to rein in his impulses for excess all the damn time.
1: And that's okay. I mean, these are good signs. It's not like oh, we, yeah, it's a, we, we completely lost him to the ether. No, we, no. We can come back and make a film and he still has ideas. I had a, I had a good time. Is the most important thing. He has
0: ideas. A, yes, he has ideas. He has his own style. He's confident. And I enjoyed it. I, as uh, there, there was hilariously an ad airing on American TV at the moment that says... Critics hate Michael Bay movies, but not *Ambulance*. And you know what? Actually, true. That's true. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah, <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. So there you go. You can go watch *Ambulance* or *RRR* in in a theater near you. I enjoyed RR. them both, actually, yeah. which is which is a rarity for us. That's right. We enjoyed them both. Uh, you know, and you can't accuse us that critics are out of touch. When yeah, I'm successful. not a snob. Exactly, these are two very commercially successful directors making commercial mainstream movies that critics like us have enjoyed. So you can't complain now. There's, a,
0: there's yeah. some verve and some integrity in the construction of these films, which I think has been lacking in a lot of the action cinema that's yeah. been served up to us.
1: It's, it's, it's action cinema
0: with heart
1: and emotion. Yeah. And, and, and style. style. Even and style. just
0: having style is rare these days. So hats so off yeah. to style.
1: And yeah, I really had fun. I really enjoyed myself. I had a smile on my face and I realized this is what I want from the movie.
0: That's uh, Film Fight Club for this week. Yes. See you around, guys.
1: See you around. Hey! Hey!